This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and we're incredibly fortunate this afternoon. We have Chris Hetherington on the show. He's the CEO of Resilience Code. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, first off, let's dig in a little bit. Uh, tell me a little bit about Resilience Code and who you serve. Resilience Code is is an amazing place. It's uh, it is a data-driven, technically a data-driven, evidence-based, multi-specialty medical performance center. Um, we serve anybody, really, uh, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a non-athlete, whether you're a corporate athlete, an executive, a housewife, a chronically ill patient, a surgery patient. You know, really what we're doing here, we have this multidisciplinary integrated approach. We have all these amazing specialty uh, providers on each one roof. And so the, the really the goal of what we're trying to do as a company is spread health literacy, right? Arming people with the knowledge of how their body works and their mind works to, you know, make better decisions going forward and reliably guide their wellness. So um, whether you're looking to, you know, performance seekers, whether you're looking to perform better at work, at life, at sport, uh, we're the place for you to come. And uh, we, we've developed this one-stop shop for all of your medical and performance needs. And so we have all these different integrated business lines, but, uh, you know, it's uh, people that are looking for subtle changes, people that are looking for very comprehensive programs where we manage your meds, your supplements, your your fitness, et cetera. Um, we're really for everybody. And so, again, our goal is to spread health literacy one person at a time to to create this dynamic cultural shift. And uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, as you know. Um, everything is kind of internet-driven and fad-based. So we're a, we're a data-driven, evidence-based facility. And uh, we have a huge database of these metrics we collect. Uh, and with this, uh, we're collecting people's fitness information, their cognitive information, their medical information, and making meaningful use out of that to, you know, customize program for people. And it's been very effective. And, and uh, looking to grow the business, uh, just really ramping up and, and going to market with a lot of our core products, which is exciting. And put together an amazing team. We have this beautiful 40,000 square foot facility, um, great technology. And so you know, we're excited. It's taken us a little while to kind of piece all the, put all the pieces together, but you know, we're looking to do something that nobody's doing, right? And they can have this true integrated approach. So it's been fun. You know, I, I think for the folks that are listening, your address is uh, in Lone Tree, which is basically a suburb of Denver. Um, what a lot of folks may not know your backstory and some of your experience with the health and wellness and training space. So yeah. let's expand on that just a little bit. Yeah, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. I, I grew up in Connecticut. I was, uh, you know, lucky enough to be a good natural athlete. I played football, hockey, baseball, golf. My dad owned a golf drive range as a kid, so I grew up a golfer. But uh, I went to Yale, played football and baseball, uh, gave up hockey. And then, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to play in the NFL for 11 years and was lucky to realize from, from guys that respected older guys, experienced pros, that you had to take care of your body, you know. And so uh, later on in my career, I had a, uh, was very focused on, you know, recovery and kind of going off campus to get IVs and, and taking supplements. I was the crazy guy carrying around this tackle box of supplements to, to the facility and, you know, getting body work. And so... Um, you know, I've lived this life for a long time, and it's and it's been fun for me. It's been a dream opportunity for me to to be involved in a company like Resilience Code, where you know, like I said, it's this one stop shop for all your medical performance needs, right? And uh, 
And it's been rewarding for me to have a, a really nice effect on, on athletes' careers, right? Where, you know, some guys come here and they don't have a lot of health literacy, right? You know, some guys don't know what gluten is or know they're eating foods every day that are making them inflamed or have allergies they had no idea had. So, you know, it's been very rewarding for me. It's uh, selfishly speaking, it's like a... You know, it's like a playground right around here for me, right? I have all this access to the stuff <laughs> I, I geek out over, you know? So it's been great. And, and you know, my biggest thing is I, I like to learn. And uh, there's no better place than Resilience Co. to come here and learn from from all these amazing people, starting with Dr. Chad Prosmack, who's, you know, really uh, the visionary here and the founder of Resilience Code. You know, one of the, obviously the most intelligent guys I've met, but one of the most, you know, dynamic, charismatic guys and very unique guy in that, you know, he really cares about his patients and texting him on the weekends. He's taking people's calls. And, and uh, so he's created that that environment. And, uh, you know, we have a very unique opportunity around here. So it's been it's been awesome for me to, to be involved. And and like I said, I, I hope to, to grow this business, to bring it to other locations, but it starts here. Um, I think we have a very good location, very pretty centrally located and uh, private airport down the street. So if executives want to fly in, uh, it's very easy, it's convenient. And, you know, like I said, we we cater to to anybody. You know, it's whether you're a housewife looking for more energy and, and uh, whether you're a, a sales trader in New York looking for more focus or, um, or whether you're, you know, a professional athlete looking to maximize your performance and really take a deep look underneath the hood um, to to be more resilient. That's what we're looking to do. And so, we've had a great start. Um, you know, we have a great opportunity here, and, and have the staff to do it, and, and the resources. We're forming strategic partnerships with a lot of uh, amazing groups, which will help us grow and give us credibility, which is exciting. And so. We're, uh, we're on the right track. You know, I, I think about for the guy that's out there, and athletes are pretty easy to talk about. We'll talk about the corporate athlete. Yeah. And he's going, you know, I'm going to be in the arena for another 10 or 20 years. You know, I know I need to do something. And <clears throat> so maybe these guys can help get me pointed. What should that corporate athlete expect? Let's say he calls up and says, I want to come in and get assessed. What should he expect or she? Yeah, I mean, the problem is, Bob, people only get tested when they're sick. Go to the doctor when they're sick, get tested when they have issues. And so, you know, we're trying to prevent issues before they happen. And so the process is we want to learn about the client. We want to know the client. What are your goals? You know, what's your lifestyle? Um, you know, do you work out? Do you not work out? Do you follow a strict diet? Do you not? And do you take supplements? Are you open to taking supplements? So, Everything is is 100% completely customized to the client, what their goals are. So, again, if you're looking for more focus or better energy or better sleep or to become less stressed, you know, this is the place to come, you know. And we take a deep look underneath the hood. We have the most advanced biomarker tests in the market, you know, genetic, nutritional, inflammatory, cardiovascular biomarkers. Uh, we have a great movement-based testing, which is called kinetic code. Uh, you know, gait analysis, VO2 max. We measure every angle of flexion in your body. And then obviously the mind. The mind is super important. And uh, what we call mind code, which is your cognitive functionality. Uh, we do neuroplasticity training, neurofeedback. Uh, obviously mindfulness is huge. And so um, so to answer your question, it's uh, the process is, you know, we, we connect the, the client with our client services person. We do an initial intake to figure out you know, what your current lifestyle is, what your goals are of the program. And then we go from there and we customize it and generally start with your biomarker tests, you know, start with the medical. 
And if you're looking to improve your fitness and, and uh, whether it be strength, endurance, whatever, we have you know the best in the world, I think, to, to attack that problem or that issue. And then obviously there's a lot of big hot button around concussions. Uh, so we have uh, amazing concussion specialists. We have the uh, uh, best uh, performance psychologist from DU uh, on, our, on our staff. And so uh, we really take a kind of this holistic approach and, and uh, Again, we can we can start with the most comprehensive program, or we can, you know, attack it one step at a time. But it's completely customized for that executive's going. Yeah, I think that's for me, and I'm going to carve out some time on my calendar to what would be a typical time allocation uh, once he walks through the door or she walks through the door here. Yeah, good question. So, so our most comprehensive program we call iCode. So that's our executive health and wellness program. And the way that works is they come in for this two and a half day testing experience. There's a lot of information we collect before you come here, obviously. Uh, and then you come here, we do this uh, this testing experience, and that's the biomarker test, your kinetic code or movement-based testing, and your mind uh, mind code testing. Uh, from there, we, we collect the data. Um, all of our amazing specialists uh, collaborate on, and uh, come up with an intervention you know, plan or recommendation. And then it's an ongoing, you know, we're tracking your data, we're making constant interventions. It can be, like I said, it's customized to the client. It's, it depends on how much time you have. Mm-hmm. You know, look, if you only have 45 minutes a day to work out, great, we, we, can, we can manage that. If you have a primary care doc that you feel comfortable with in New York City, okay, we can collaborate with your, your primary care doc and provide them the data. Um, if you have a strength and conditioning coach, we can work with them as well. And so uh, it's an amazing place where, again, everything is personalized. We try to learn as much about our, our clients as possible to, you know, make educated recommendations. And, and, and it's also based on their data, right? And uh, so we're this data-driven evidence-based facility. And, and really the thing that separates us, uh, and I've studied all the, all the big uh, names out there, is this you know, true integration, right? This true multidisciplinary integration. And, you know, I've been chasing this for the last 10 years as an executive, right? This is everything I wish I had in my 11 years in the NFL and I've been chasing, right? You can go and get this from four or five different places, but the problem is, you know, none of these these providers are are communicating. You're getting five different plans where here it's different. You know, it's, it's this true integrated approach, which is special. We were talking a little bit before we started the, the podcast about a surgical approach for some of the folks that may be entertaining a surgical procedure. Let's talk about that just a little bit. Yes, we have this global concierge surgery business, which we call Surgicode. And uh, you know, so the firm I come from is called Evolution Capital, and we're an Asia-based uh, investment firm. And so we have a lot of big relationships in Tokyo and Asia. And so there's a lot of guys like me that are former meathead athletes that are over there working in finance that... Uh, Want to get operated by the best U.S. doctors, and want to come here and and you know into this one-stop shop where getting operated on, getting all your PT done, and going off with a you know better plan going forward. And again, we have all these great relationships in Asia. We're targeting Canada. Obviously, in Canada, the healthcare system is tough, and that you know unless you have a major issue, it takes you six months to get an MRI, and so. Um, we have pretty much all of the body parts covered and, and some really amazing surgeons and have great relationships with the surgical centers and, and obviously great uh, recovery specialist here, Resilience Code. And so um, I think that's going to be a great opportunity for us as a business to, to attract uh, surgical patients from around the world that want this, you know, true concierge experience and this true one-stop shop. And so... 
uh, we're pretty pretty focused on that and uh, working on some deals right now in Tokyo to potentially collaborate with a partner there in Tokyo, which is exciting, which will you know help us accelerate our our business and uh, you know be able to partner with a very credible brand, which is exciting. And so um, yeah, we're looking forward to pursuing those opportunities. You know, before I go too far, uh, if people wanted to, they said, "I'm in." Yeah, I just need to know how to find them. Yep. So, how best do folks find you? Yeah, so we're in the process of revamping our whole website. It's going to be a pretty amazing website. So, people will really get a lot of functional information for our website. But you know, typical sales process is you call our our client services um, uh, staff and. Uh, and they do the take the initial phone call and, and get to figure out what your goals are of the program, and they point in the right direction. And from there, uh, whether it's your biomarker test or your, you know, move and pace testing, or whether you just want to come in and get a DEXA scan, we have one of the only, you know, DEXA scans in Denver, and that's a really accurate body composition and bone density and body fat test. Uh, or if you want to, us to to track your data and customize workouts. Uh, we have it all. Or you're looking to get uh, the best PTs in the market, we have those. Or we have a recovery center run by Andrea Hassler, who's a massage therapist and, and uh, fascial stretch therapist of the Broncos. We have the best yoga and mindfulness guru, Scott Anderson. So, you know, we have a commercial business, which, you know, people can walk off the street and come here. Or, you know, if you're looking to, uh, you know, attack a goal, whether it be your health or your fitness or your stress or, or, or what have you, we, we have everything. And so they can find you under your website would be? MyResiliencecode.com. Okay, MyResiliencecode.com. Okay. Yes, you know, I, I was thinking um, folks have a mental image of college athlete, pro athlete, and then they don't have much image after the pro athlete leaves the field. And and for you, you've gone into the, the CEO institutional money space. Is there a correlation between some of the things that you learned as a professional athlete that you bring to the table as a CEO? A lot of things, yeah. I mean, being a professional athlete is is tough. It's a grind, you know, and it's uh, it's a full time job. It's a year round job. Um, you know, I've 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 kind of reinvented myself a bunch of times throughout throughout my my life. Uh, I was a running back, defensive back my whole life. Went to Yale and they moved me to quarterback my freshman year. I played quarterback for five years and then came out as like an athlete and I got moved to fullback my rookie year. And so, you know, you really have to learn how to become resilient, right? And have this growth mindset and uh, you learn mental toughness. You learn to, uh, you know, be able to overcome, you know, failures and adversity. And uh, I've always had a good work ethic. You know, my, my, my parents taught me that, which is great. And uh, I've always had a quest to learn. Um, I've always been very humble about my approach to things and, and, you know, try to be the best version of myself. And so in a leadership position, I try to, you know, lead by example. I try to instill values in myself that hopefully translate. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to work hard, right? And you got to make sacrifices, short-term sacrifices for the long-term benefit. And I think as a company, we have a really, really amazing opportunity here and, and a really great product. And so I think we have the staff to, I know we have the staff to execute that. So yeah, it's, it's you know, the, the skills I learned and, and uh, you know, the mindset uh, hopefully I've developed over the last bunch of years have helped in this role that I'm in currently. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. You know, this is what I love to do, right? You you work the hardest uh, in the things you love, right? Whether it be your, your, your work or your sport or your relationships. And uh, it's hopefully, you know, made me a better dad. 
uh, a better husband, you know, and, and, and you always being humble about the process, always having this this thirst for for knowledge and looking to get better every day. And you know, I'm kind of anal about uh, you know setting goals and trying to to, to achieve those, but you, know, you have to be realistic at the same time. And so, yeah, the skill sets I've learned throughout the years have helped me, and I'm always looking to get better. I'm not perfect, of course. Uh, and so it's it's been fun for me. This role is is a dream for me. It's like you know this is the lifestyle that I've that I've led, and to be able to and ultimately we're a service provider, right? We want to help people, and it's been rewarding for me to help young athletes' careers, right? Teach them what I wish I knew back then when they were playing, when I was playing then, um, or guys like me that are former athletes that are struggling with the transition, uh, both with health and mind and uh, whatever. It's it's. Uh, it's been nice to reach out to those guys to help those guys, or like I said earlier, the corporate ex- uh, corporate athlete that's looking to maximize their performance uh, or their fitness. Uh, uh, that's been fun. Concussions, like we talked about earlier, is a huge, huge hot button right now, and so we have amazing concussion specialists uh, that can really help people. And uh, and so we're constantly trying to improve our data capture process. We're trying to constantly trying to improve uh, where we direct our research and, and uh, you know, partner with credible, you know, uh, resources to help us grow. And so it's been, it's been very rewarding and very fun for me. Yeah, you guys, uh, we were talking before, you're bringing in uh, AI into your solution mix as well. Yeah, and that's where the world's going, right? You got to <laughs> keep up with technology. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, that's really where the where the scalability is, uh, and to be able to grow the business, right, and and to be able to service you know remote subscribers where people don't have to come here to to Inglewood, Colorado. We can do stuff remotely, or we can license our software technology to other healthcare facilities or fitness facilities. And so, from a business standpoint, that's that's very exciting. Um, and then to be able to uh, you know, make meaningful use out of the data is, is huge and, and do it in a, in a timely manner. Um, it, it's really fun. Yeah, because data is not intel. No. Data is data. Yeah. You know, now we're going to go into the part of the podcast that I always like, and it's where I get to quiz you to death. And so right. this is the fun part. Like um, what is the most recent book or most influential book that has altered your perception on being a CEO or how you run your business and why? I think the the book Mindset for sure. It was one of the first books I read. Uh, Carol DeWitt is her name, uh, and so I read that. It was one of my first books I read after retiring from the NFL in two thousand seven. And I recently revisited that book, and and uh, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, the book is about you know different mindsets. You can have a fixed mindset or or a, or a growth mindset, and you know, be uh, be humble about my approach. Uh, always. Uh, Looking for ways to learn, looking for ways to, you know, be the best version of myself. Um, as a leader, you try to, you know, really provide constructive criticism to help people learn and get better, but give them, you know, praise and, and positive feedback when they when they do really well. And so, and then you know, with my kid, I try to, uh, you know, really teach him positive messages and, and not. Uh, put too much pressure on him, right? He's only three and a half years old, but people think, oh, you're a professional athlete, like your kid's going to be a stud. Well, you know, I want to want to arm my kid with the information to hopefully make him be great at whatever he chooses to do. I don't, you know, no pressure for him to be in the NFL if he decides to play baseball or guitar or whatever he does mm-hmm. and teach him to be a hard worker and, and uh, make sacrifices and be a good person. 
And so, you know, that book has definitely had a major impact on my life. You know, I think about books like Old Friends, you know, and you think about you read it right as you were retiring from professional athletics, and then you revisited your old friend. Do you remember being different ahas because of the mileage between the two? Definitely different parts of my life. Uh, you know, like I said, I was going through this transition of being a professional athlete for 11 years and now getting into the next call it phase of my life. And, and that's a pretty scary transition for most. Uh, I feel lucky that I had a good education and, and uh, was interested in other things beyond football. And, and uh, you know, I did some executive programs at Harvard and Warden and was trying to, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, I recently revisited because I, you know, I, I had this role and I wanted to not only make myself better, but, uh, you know, try to be a better leader and uh, try to be a better communicator. Um, so I think I reached out to that book for different reasons at different you know, periods of my life. But again, I remember in 2007, it was kind of an aha moment and I wanted to revisit it with a, with a different perspective. You know, you, you mentioned uh, going to get some of the executive programs. Did you do that while you were actively playing ball or after you retired? I did uh, Wharton uh, the last year of my career and then uh, Harvard uh, the year I was retiring. Um, and it was great. You know, I've been out of school for, you know, 10, 11 years and uh, had to get back into uh, learning one and, and trying to figure out, like I said, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I knew I was interested in finance, um, didn't know the, the specific area of focus. And so, um, and that's a good networking opportunity to meet like-minded people. And sometimes you end up going to business with those people and and I've developed relationships with some of the professors, which has been great. And it's been a great resource for me. And so it was it was huge for me. I mean, obviously, it's some of the best institutions in the world and, and uh, had the opportunity to go there. And it, it helps, you know. Um, so short answer, you'd do that again. Absolutely. I'd recommend it to anybody. Um, it, was, it was an amazing experience for me. Well, we'll move on to the next one. And in the past, what failure or at the time apparent failure has served you or your company best or set you up for future achievement and why? You know, I think, I think when, when myself and, and uh, the firm that I worked for uh, made an investment in Resilience Code, it was a different model at the time. And uh, I wouldn't say it's a, it was a failure, but uh, I think we huddled up with, with Dr. Prusmak and, and um, decided to change the model. Uh, and I think that was, again, everybody having the growth mindset of, uh, you know, what gives us the best opportunity to succeed as a business and what would we be the most uh, most demand for and what the biggest differentiator in our business, right? And it's it's a blue ocean strategy versus red ocean strategy, right? We we're, we have this value innovation, right? Where we're, before it was it was a upscale data-driven gym and now we've become this multi-specialty medical and performance center. And so, um, again, I would, I would, it definitely wasn't a failure, but we were able to, uh, kind of make a pivot, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think as a result of that, have a, have a really good opportunity here as a business. You know, I, I think about that as you walk into the business, and so they bring you on board, and you go through your assessment, and at some point, you, the assessment drives you to a decision process of we need to consider a pivot. You know, when when you do that, and you look at a business where they have some level of entrenched culture, what's that process like for you to think about? A culture change? 
Yeah, it wasn't, you know, first it wasn't my decision solely. It was, uh, you know, all of us, you know, Michael Lurch, who is the founder of Evolution, who's the biggest investor in Resilience Code. He he was very heavily involved in that decision. And, uh, you know, it was, it was the right decision. And I think mm-hmm. we know that, but, um, you know, being a leader, you know, culture is very important, right? You want to create a culture where everybody communicates well, everybody has good core values, everybody believes in the vision. And you know, we really put together a team here that everybody realizes this is an awesome opportunity. Everybody lives this stuff, everybody breathes it, you know? And, and you know, it's Dr. Prusmak's vision ultimately, but we've all bought into it, including me. And, uh, and we live it every day and we try to spread that every day. And so, again, what we're really trying to accomplish here, Bob, is spreading health literacy and, uh, it's a pretty special place. I love hearing the story, if you can't tell. But right. I, you know, I like the thought process. If you could put an ad on page one of the local paper sharing your company message or advice, what would it say and why? Our kind of vision is we're trying to revolutionize healthcare and performance. We say uh, our saying is health rewritten. Uh, so that's kind of the main message we're trying to portray. Again, health literacy is a huge message for us. And so... When people read us, we want to know they. We want them to know that we take a different approach, right? We take this personalized, customized approach, this whole kind of 360-degree view. Uh, and so, I think it's a pretty effective message, and and give us uh, a big opportunity in the market where, like I said earlier, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and and uh, the internet's a powerful uh, comes through on YouTube engine, yeah, oh, yeah. and so. You know, there's there's this diet, there's that diet, this workout, that workout. But mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mean that's that's the right workout for you or the right diet for you. So we figure out what's best for you, which is super important. Custom. Yeah. What's the the best allocation of time or effort that's helped this company most recently, and why? Definitely the people, right? The employees. You know, we've we've. Uh, invested in, in, in finding the right team, right? Finding this integrated team of all amazing specialists and providers, you know? And then we invest in our clients, right? We wanna, we wanna know the client. We wanna, you know, make them feel as though uh, we have their back no matter what. And we're trying to um, make them better, you know, make them more resilient and uh, give them the knowledge of how their body works and their brain works to, you know, make better lifestyle decisions going forward and, and to reliably guide their wellness. So super yeah. question is most unusual habit or what others may consider out of the ordinary that has helped you or this company most and why? I have a lot of weird habits. I think uh, <laughs> I, I really am very anal about making sure I read every email before I go to bed during the work week. That's so, impressive. I don't answer every email, of course, <laughs> but I, I certainly am very focused on not missing an important email. And, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you do too. I get a lot of emails, uh, but I'm an unusual habit, I think, which I don't know if a lot of people do, probably some people, but I make sure I read every email before I go to bed. You're, you know, folks can't really see unless they're watching the video that you're physically fit. What time of the day do you usually take and put in your fitness routine? I usually try to work out, you know, first thing in the morning. So I, I meditate when I wake up uh, for about 20 minutes. Um, and then I come here and work out. Uh, 
So it's usually I get everything done before 7.30 in the morning and then I try to meditate uh, in the afternoon at some point. Um, we talked about Tai Chi, your wife does Tai Chi. I've recently um, have started practicing, so that's been a big game changer for me. So working out has always been a big part of my life. Working out is therapy for me. Uh, you know, my body's pretty beat up. I've put my body through some torture here and, and playing tackle football for 27 years. And so, you know, I, I love working out. It makes me feel good. You know, I'm, I'm a little vain. It makes, hopefully makes me look good. But, uh, you know, I always had the, the, the model, look good, feel good, play good. So when I work out, I feel good. And, and you know, the better I feel, the better I perform. And, and the more focused I am and the better energy I have to play with my kids or, or you know, to work throughout the day. I mean, I work long hours, of course. And so if I didn't work out, I'd, I'd feel pretty bad. And, and I don't think I'd be able to perform as well. Over the past few years, what belief or protocol have you established in your company that has most impacted you or the company's success? I think the most important thing is is trying to you know, be good communicators. Obviously, you want to create a good culture, a good working environment. And uh, we're building something that, that nobody else is doing or has built. And so uh, it's been a lot of work and people have made a lot of sacrifices and people are at, being asked to do things that are outside of their comfort zone or wear multiple hats. But the key is to, you know, instill core values to, you know, get everybody to buy in and really believe in the vision. And then, you know, communication's huge. And, uh, you know, the better you communicate as a team, um, you know, the better off you're going to be and, and gives you the best chance to succeed. And so that's been very important. And we're constantly working on that, um, you know, communication, culture, you know, et cetera. In the advice space, what advice would you offer to a new CEO that's assuming the role of CEO for the first time? Embrace the grind. <laughs> you know, it's uh, especially in a, in a, you know, startup type type environment. It's, uh, it's not this cushy, you know, Park Avenue job. And, and uh, there's a lot of grunt work involved and, and uh, a lot of sacrifices and time away from your family and, uh, you know, but you got to, uh, again, be a good communicator. You got to, you know, lead by example. Um, you got to, uh, instill core values, like I mentioned, and, and, uh, be willing to, uh, to grind it out and, and have the, the, the growth mindset to overcome, you know, adversity and challenges. And, and, uh, you know, I think those are the most important things that have helped me. Again, I'm not perfect. And, always looking to better myself and, and be a better leader. And, but I think, uh, luckily I have a good work ethic and, and, uh, you know, that has helped me. And I think we have the staff with the same kind of similar, you know, qualities, which is great. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the most important thing. If you're a CEO, you gotta, you gotta lead by example. You gotta set the, you know, the culture and, uh, and get people to believe in what we're doing and, and then see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? You assume when you get, these small victories, you got to celebrate them. And, and when things are tough and people don't know what the heck's going on, you got to, you know, really do a good job of communicating and get them to understand, you know, uh, why things are going the way they are and why we're going to get better. And, and uh, you know, I'm always looking for, for ways to be better as a CEO or better as a leader or better as a person. But uh, the biggest thing is it's a grind and you got to embrace it and, and love what you're doing. I mean, that's the most important thing for me. I love this stuff. I, I've lived this life, and uh, and uh, it's a reason where I would work hard anyway. But uh, 
I love working hard because I love what we're doing. You know, it's, it's funny. You think about showing up and working hard. Doesn't seem like that's all that hard to figure out, but it's not done by that many. They miss, they miss that class, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say you worked, you know, 18 hours a day, but what are you getting done in those 18 mm-hmm. hours? So you got to be constantly aware of your time management and your energy management. And, uh, you know, I, I, hopefully I'm, I'm decent at that. I'm trying to get better. Uh, when I first got here, we, you know, we had to really dig into the business and, uh, talk to press Mac and I, and, and everybody really, uh, worked a lot of hours in getting this thing organized and, and really setting the vision and putting the pieces together. And, and uh, yeah, anybody can say they worked hard, but, but what are you doing during those hours to maximize your time and your energy is, yeah. is key. And that's where your meditation in afternoon meditation. Yeah. That's a refocus. I wish I had point. time for naps during the day, but I don't, but uh, you know, there's, there's a whole body of thought about taking a, a nap. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the value thereof. And, you know, I think we all get concerned that if we're napping in our office midday, people are going to go, <coughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I think meditation is as good as a nap, uh, at least for me. <laughs> and so I try to really be disciplined about taking the time, uh, even if I don't have it, to carve out some time for meditation in the afternoon. And I think that's as much of a, you know, re-energizing experience than, than taking a nap. Mm-hmm. For you as CEO... What's the most common misconception about you or your role? That my life is easy. You know, like I said, people assume that you're the CEO and you got this big corner office and, and uh, it's not the case. I mean, it's a, it's a great job, but it's, uh, again, you're making sacrifices you know, away from family and uh, you know, you're having to do a lot of grunt work. And so, you know, it's the, the misconception, I think, is is that CEOs have it easy and they, they can delegate responsibility. But in this type of environment, you got to, you know, you got to do a lot of work and you got to, you know, set proper strategies and policies and everything in place. And so I think that's the biggest misconception, you know, that I can think of is that it's easy. It's not easy. I mean, I'm sure people know that, but, uh, you know, you're working on the weekends, you're working till taking emails at two in the morning because we're talking to people in Tokyo or New York. And so there's really no off time or off hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's tough, right? It's, uh, you know, your sleep gets limited, but uh, that's what you got to do to succeed, right? You got to grind it out and, uh, you know, put in the time and and, uh, and make the sacrifices. And, and so it's not easy. It's like getting a boat on plane. It just yeah. takes a while. Yeah. You know, looking back over the past few years, what would or should you have said no to and why? Good question. I, I think I uh, I would have said no to some of the time commitments, you know, stuff mm-hmm. outside of work. You know, uh, I always used to feel bad about saying no, whether it's, you know, committing my time to, you know, doing things for charity, which I love, or doing things for kids, which I love. And, and but uh, you know, sooner or later, you got to figure out, um, what the best use of your time is and have a good mix. Of course, you got to do things outside of work to have a good work-life balance. Uh, uh, and then some opportunities, right? Um, some business opportunities where, you know, you're very passionate about this project or, you know, this fits your lifestyle or something, uh, but maybe it's not the best business decision. So I've learned those things. Here, it's great because I'm super passionate about this and I think it's a great business opportunity. So. 
but you learn from, you learn from mistakes. You know, you invest in things maybe you shouldn't have invested in, or commit time to the things you maybe shouldn't have committed time to. But um, it's helped me. We're going to wrap this up with the last question. In the day-to-day operations of your company as CEO, what's the personal habit or self-talk dialogue that keeps you and the company focused? I think it's learning, right? You always want to uh, have this growth mindset. I keep coming back to this term, mm-hmm. but it's super important, right? It's uh, This is not easy, right? It's, uh, it's like I said, it's a grind. and But uh, having good communication, uh, always be open to getting better, uh, learning from all these amazing people around us uh, and, uh, and really, you know, keeping your, keeping your uh, foot on the, on the gas pedal, you know, and uh, that's, that's been super important for me personally. Um, I come here you know, every day. I'm excited to pull into the parking lot and, and decided, uh, excited to get better, uh, excited to hopefully help people around here get better. Uh, and then, and then grow a business, right? A long-term business, right? We're not uh, some of the biggest mistakes people make in business, as you know, is they're looking at their exit. Our our goal as a business is to build a long-term business, um, and we have plans, of course, to scale this business and go to other locations. But that doesn't happen unless we build a really solid, you know, foundation. And uh, we're a big data facility, so. We've got to make sure our database is well established and validated, and, and make sure our, you know, uh, protocols are tight. And uh, and once you do that, you have good opportunities. So you know, I come every day, try to get better, uh, try to be a good communicator, try to lead by example, um, and uh, try to be humble about my process. And uh, I'm not good at everything. Uh, I'm good at some things, but not everything. And so I'm always open to to learning from from people. Uh, I'm always open to taking constructive criticism, which has been big and, and uh, not always easy when you're younger. You've had a coach of one kind or another a large part of your life. Yeah. You know, so the coaching aspect and receiving of coaching yeah. is something that's been, I'm sure, a large part of your success. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you got you to know people. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of coaches in my life, as you mentioned, and and... Some guys are, you know, have the same approach with every player, right? Mm-hmm. Or every employee, and and people respond differently, right? Uh, in football, you have these old school coaches that are screaming and hollering at, at players, but you know, players, some players don't react well to that. You know, some people need a little more nourishing, and so I've learned to try to, you know, know both our our employees and our clients, and uh, know how to, you know, give them feedback know what they respond to. Uh, so that's been important, right? It's, uh, like I said, I had a lot of coaches and I've learned a lot from a lot of these coaches, some good, some bad. But in the end, if you're if you're smart enough to be self-aware, um, you know you know what you respond to and, and try to learn what other people respond to as well. And that was your, your undergrad degree, right? Psychology? Yeah. Who yeah. knew, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I was, uh, I had visions of being a doctor and then, uh, I took organic chemistry and that ended pretty quick playing two sports. And, and so, yeah, I was a psych econ major and it's definitely helped me in my life, you know, both with me personally, my relationships. And, and then, like I said, meditation has been yeah, the psych part. Yeah. Econ, I don't know. Yeah. Econ's all theory in college, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, Chris, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you carving out time 
And uh, I think we'll come back and circle back around here in a period of time and see how Resilience Code's doing in the future. Sounds great. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you having me. Hey, thanks very much. Thank you.